Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. Five-star review, guys. You know where to do it. And Get uh, in there and give it the rating. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com and read the criteria. Dan, I'm feeling a lot better this week than I did for our last show. I'm still, I've still got kind of the residual coughing, so uh, hopefully I, I can, I can kind of keep that in through the duration right. of this show. We'll see, yeah. but I'm feeling a lot better. Good on the whole. That, that is, is good. I found out I had the flu. Yeah. Oh, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. Flu is not fun. This was not fun. This was like this is the first time I could remember like having like that winter flu strain. Mm. That everyone says, "Oh, you got to go get your flu shot." Well, I didn't get my flu shot. I'll tell you who did though. My oldest son. Had his flu shot already. He got sick too. He still got the flu. Yeah. Didn't matter. In fact, the only reason I know that I have the flu is because I ended up taking him several days after he first got sick to find out what was going on. They're like, oh yeah, you got the flu. And I'm like, well, that's what we all have. (laughs) This is the only way it could have been. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I'm better now. Things are good. We're all happy about that. Everybody should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Send me me your cards anyway. (laughs) I didn't get any cards. You know, the mail service, though, is pretty terrible, which we talk about a lot on this show. Yeah, we need yeah, it's, it's, it's so really bad. bad. Everything's in the mail, and you never get anything. I assume that we get fan mail, like, by the bulk every week, and it just never gets there. I, I kind of agree, yeah. It's got to be letter form, too. Yeah, if you're sending fan mail, send it for reals. Mm, it's got to be. I, I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's it's the mode of either the dedicated fan or the crazy person. <laughs> I work yeah. at a newspaper. When you get a letter, you know it's a crazy person. Yeah, it could be. It could be a movie that's made about it too. Right? Didn't, didn't uh? You talking about the Zodiac? The killer? Zodiac guy have a, a movie made about him? I mean, but that was the seventies. They didn't have email back then. Oh yeah. Like now, know. if you send a letter, there are so many other things you could do. You could just tweet at somebody. You could email them. But like, if you're going to the the trouble of writing a letter. And I'm saying this to you, dear listener. If you are sitting there thinking, I'm going to write my local newspaper a letter, you're crazy. Well, Scott, listen, the people, the newspaper is for an older demographic. I know that. So I, they may not be as familiar somebody who works with email. for a newspaper, I'm aware so, of this. They might just not be familiar with email. Everybody's familiar with email. Oh, uh, no. My dad, he wouldn't he know knows what it be. is. He wouldn't know where to begin. He, no. It starts with a keyboard. It's, you got to turn the power on. I'm not even 100% I think he certain he can know what a keyboard is mm. not really sure gonna have to put him to the test one of these days struggles with changing the input on the tv can you have him edit the show one day oh boy <laughs> it'll never come out <laughs> has your mother figured out by the way what a podcast is you know what i, I should ask her one day <laughs> you know what we actually do <laughs> what is it you guys are doing yeah you got a radio show up there right yeah we broadcast on uh we got our ham radio <laughs> all the truckers are listening they are <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm, let's get over here. We got to get out of the, this this yeah. letter writing thing. Um, by the way, don't write us a letter. <laughs> you wouldn't even know where to send it. But the fights from Saturday, we were looking forward to this card. It was a deep yes. card on paper. It delivered. Good card. Really good main card. I think the 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 prelims were fine. You know, wasn't wasn't the most uh, super entertaining of prelims. But and we also lost. I watched one most of the prelims. prelims. Remember, we lost. Uh, it was supposed to be. Tracy Cortez was fighting against uh, Amanda, Hibas. Amanda Hibas, and I believe Cortez was the one who was removed, unfortunately, for some sort of medical thing. So we did lose that one fight. 
But on the whole, I mean, it was still a super deep card. Mm-hmm. And Very the main event. Main event delivered. Super delivered. How'd you feel about Kevin Holland's preference to avoid the grappling, though, and just keep it striking any time uh, it got down there? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, really weird. I guess he's fighting fighting to win fight of the night. That was his, his goal, I guess. Maybe he had to. He wanted to prove he was the better striker than, than Wonder Boy. I, I imagine it was more of a, a pride thing rather than like a I'm fighting to get the bonus kind of thing. Maybe that was yeah, part of I it, but I, I could see it really being much more of like a I want I want to fight this guy on the feet. Yeah, I I know Justin Gaethje when he was first coming up World Series of Fighting, his goal was I want to be the most exciting fighter on the, on the planet, and then somewhere it changed. I want to be the best fighter on the planet. Well, it took a few, so, you know, it took some losses for him to yeah. figure that out. So I don't know if it's something where Kevin Holland's like, you know what, I'm not going to beat these wrestlers. Uh, I don't really care for the wrestling. I like jujitsu, but the wrestling part of it. Getting it there is not really fun. I mean, his jujitsu isn't maybe, even that terrible. Like, maybe, he no, probably, I think he's a black belt. So, I be, yeah, I, I believe. Oh, I mean, you know that that means whatever it means, you know. But I'm sure he's got very capable grappling. But it's what, it's what like I would assume. I'd rather I'd rather strike. So, how'd you feel about it? Were you okay with it? Did it bother you? Or are you just kind of like, all right, whatever? Well, we watched the fight. You watched it the second time with me. Yes, I did. I watched. I was watching it the first time. I was like, oh, I kind of just laughed it off. I was like, yes, he wants no part of that. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I I, so, I more or less was fine with it. Like, ideally, I would want these guys to be fighting, you know, for sport and trying to, like, mm-hmm. prove they're the best. I like that meritocracy kind of thing about it. But also, it's not like this was for a title shot or the number one, con- you know, getting themselves in a number one contender fight. This was meant to entertain. And, and it did. And he kept it in the vein that everybody wanted it to be, even when he had the chance to not do that. So, you know what? If Kevin Holler wants to be an entertainer, he can make a really good living in the UFC being an entertainer, he, too. He, he can be a great entertainer, but as we saw, it has its price. I mean, he can't be feeling too great today. With three broken knuckles? Yeah. Like, it's not ideal. So, I guess that fight of the night bonus helps that. Ease that pain, I guess. But it's an, it's more than that, though. I think it also is something that... And, and look, the reality is, is kind of unfortunate in that sense, but we have this reality where... If you show the UFC, you will deliver the fireworks, the entertainment, give them the fights that they want. You will be rewarded for it. And I think this does not, it not just gets in the bonus, but I think it, it reminds the UFC brass like, yeah, hey, I'm here to entertain this. I'm the kind of guy you want to be in business with. Well, yeah, it's just the way it is. I, I, I don't love that. I like the meritocracy, like I said, but this this is the way it is, and that's a good way for him to make a living? Okay. All good. And he's going to find most strikers, especially 170 pounds, are not going to be as heavily competent in the kickboxing realm as the former kickboxer. That's true. This is this is a very unique matchup. But it also got me thinking. I'm like, you know who else would be who, who Kevin Holland reminded me of in this performance where he was just like, I'm going to fight him at his strength, even if it's not mine? It's kind of like when Sean Strickland was like, Hell or high water, I'm going to fight Alex Pajera on the feet. Let's see how this uh, works. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. He was he was more totally out of his depth for that. Yeah. By a was, much by a much wider margin. Was, that yeah. was someone should have said that's a bad idea cuz you're on the verge of a title shot. Uh, he, well, it's, there's it's, also that. So. Yeah. There was definitely much more to risk for that, so I, there's that too. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like Sean Strickland versus Kevin Holland's a fight that couldn't happen, but that would kind of be entertaining. <laughs> That would be a good one. But whose whose strength are they going to be fighting at? I could I could see it'll probably still be a stand up fight, right? You think Strickland can turn it into a boring one? No. 
No, I don't think so. I don't think he could apply the same type of strategy he did when he fought uh, the Joker. Yeah, that's what I'm back in February. I think Kevin Holland would would press the action enough, and he he has heavy enough hands and okay. and, and everything that I think it would it would be a problem okay. if he tried to do that. Right. Speaking of the Joker, man, yeah, Jack Hermanson, a little bit of a fall. That was, I mean, he's. I think he just topped out. Is really what it is. It, I, I like him. It just he's not a championship level fighter in the UFC. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um. But man, I mean, just just the the way he lost to Roman Delizze there, getting caught in the basically a calf slicer. Yeah, he's he in was a calf caught slicer. in that and just getting pounded on too, flattened out. Yeah, wow. I don't, and yeah, that's a tough thing to escape from. And and now everyone, yeah, they're talking about, oh yeah, everyone's going to the gym, and right now they're already practicing <laughs> yeah. how to get in this position. I mean, a, yeah, I, I'm curious if this is a a very easily rec- replicable this uh, position to get into, or I feel like it it's probably one of those things that's not going to present itself all the time but maybe people will be more aware of it the thing is if you get stuck in a cap slicer don't go belly down that's probably what's gonna be that's that's a good point that's, that i might... could see i could see that being something to maybe just hey don't do that yeah learn, yeah. learn to defend it properly <laughs> i suppose i don't know yeah that'll do it um get back to to the main event here though wonder boy obviously gets the win looked really good as it went along he looks far from a guy who's just about to be 40 in a few months mm-hmm what should we be doing with Wonder Boy? Like, can 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 we realistically say he's probably not going to get a title shot at uh, this point? Unless, like, unless they purposefully allow him to not fight a wrestler on uh, the way there. He's lost. Yeah, he's lost to everyone above him. I just don't see it happening. I think. I think the the gate to the title shot is closed off for him. But what should we doing? I mean, the guy can obviously fight and entertain. Like. Are we? Are you cool with just matchmaking him against guys that are like like Kevin yeah. Holland? Be more willing, maybe not to the degree of Kevin Holland. Just keep it standing at you know, at one's own detriment. I would say just with strikers. If Thompson has no desire to go to towards the belt, yeah, I, I I'm I sure he would like that. the belt, but I think he also is. I think he's found a distaste for going against these guys that want to take him down and and take him out of his element it's just he's not really fighting at that point well, yeah know? well you know they can build cards around him like they did this sure. one uh i'm with aaron bronstead right the fight i want is him, him and jorge masvidal you want, you want the rematch yeah do that fight again i don't hate it i mean you uh, probably get the jorge. fight you get the fight that we're talking about yeah jorge turned down uh michael chandler already yeah because he doesn't see it he doesn't see closer that, to a title fight yeah it doesn't do anything saying, yeah. but steven thompson's a bunch of spaces ahead of him that helps him yeah, get back that way. So I think that's the fight to go. I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, again, it really just any any fight out there for Stephen Thompson. I kind of just wanted like don't put him against Chavkat Rachmanov or somebody like that. Like that's that will help Rachmanov in building his his case there. But there's other ways you could do that with Rachmanov, and it, and it doesn't neutralize what could be a potential fun fight out of Stephen Thompson. The, the thing is, I'm looking at the rankings list. Yeah, and almost every single guy on here. Is a really good grappler. Like, except maybe you know Daniel, Daniel Rodriguez might be a fun fight. I think that'd be for fun. Stephen Thompson, but but also that's I don't know that uh, D Rod has earned that fight. Right. Um, Michelle Pajeda might be a fun one. That's one I know he actually believe he said he wanted. I would love that fight. Everybody would love that fight. And then Luke is the another one. That'd be another fun one too. So. I think so too. It, yeah, I I like any of those really. But yeah, I mean we're we're talking about guys that may not quite have earned the mm-hmm. Pajeda's the one. Pereira's the one that actually makes some sense because he's got momentum, he's on the come up, and it's a fight that Wonderboy has already indicated he would like okay. to have. That's in the mode of, that's going to be super fun. Backflips, spin kicks, 
insanity. Make it a five-round main event for, you know, UFC. Uh, let's pretend they're going to Newark. Make it make it here. Okay. That'd be fine with me. Very fine with I'll me. I'll go watch it. Yeah, well, it'll be in Newark. It's not that far. You don't even have to get on the train. That's true. You should, you should definitely drive there. Yeah, you could. could take an Uber. <laughs> um, this fight, we already talked about this, this fight card being very deep, right? Realistically, they can't do this every single week. They just, they, they put on too many events. It, it's, it's impossible with the way they structure their cards and the number of fights they want to give their fighters all the time. But like, how often realistically should the UFC be putting together f- deep fight nights like this one? I don't know. I would, you know what? I'd, if they just cut down, like instead of doing a 15 fight card, make it a 10 fight card, mm-hmm. you can probably do a b- bunch more. I mean, that makes sense, but typically they're they're trying to get 13, 14 on there because they know they're going to lose a couple. I know. It's just that the roster is so deep. Yeah, that's, that's part of it, too. Problem. That's part of it, too. Here's a question. Here's a question. In, how would you feel about them doing something like this where they have a pay-per-view a month, obviously. Mm-hmm. Those will be stacked. Like, we expect them to be stacked. Mm-hmm. If they're not, it's, you know, it falls below the the standard that we are expecting mm-hmm. when we're being asked to ask, uh, you know, fork, fork over $75, right? Mm-hmm. You get one other card a month like this one where it's like a good deep throwback level fight night where it's got a deep card. And then the other one or two a month that they would end up having, those could be kind of their, you know, their Dana White contender series. Let's get a bunch of fights for these guys and figure out what we have kind of thing. I'd be fine with that. That's similar to like going back to Wednesday, you know, fight nights Mm -hmm. and then Saturday pay-per-views. I think it's like a hybrid of that and like Strikeforce Challenger series. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I like it. It's not gonna happen, but like no, we're, happen. we're just we're yeah. just two guys talking. They're just, of course. Gonna, they're just gonna keep doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, we've we've had a few of these now, right? So we had this one. We had the one that Long Island was deep. Here's, when it was here in Long Island, it was deep. Here's what they do: when they have a crowd, they're gonna make it deeper. When it's in the apex, they're gonna put whatever. And now they do want to travel so. more. They do. They, it sounds like next year we're probably gonna get fewer UFC mm-hmm. Vegas X numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> which is fine. Just curious how high it was gonna go. <laughs> I mean, they're still gonna have them, so I don't imagine that. I don't. I don't think they're going to leave behind the apex entirely. I would see. That's what I would hope. I, I actually would be okay with them making the like their like once a month they go to the the apex, mm-hmm. and again, it's more of like a like a Dana White contender series like continuation. Yeah, that's good. I I could live with that. You you kind of start because you know you're going to be getting like a bigger card, deeper card, a little you know next right be cool if they did if they just did like tough live again because that was a pretty cool season i will not be watching the ultimate tough Fighter. live no you went you didn't like that season no i thought it was fine i mean yeah. michael chiesa came from it i quinta we had some good guys come out of that but i just don't care about the ultimate fighter oh i love it period did you see by the way they they put out the call like the call to action for anybody who was looking to i don't know if you watched the full you didn't watch the full card, right? You watched the individual just, fights. Just individual yeah. fights. During the card, they put out like a, you know, for all fighters, anyone, I think they said age 23 to 34 or something like that, minimum two fights. They're looking for people to, you know, apply. But they did not list weight class. So I don't know if they're oh, just so yeah, looking yeah, for they're like, gonna find out the, they're going to see wh- yeah. wherever they have the biggest concentration, maybe yeah. the best person. I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do. But that was the first time I remember them not even putting a weight class out there. Um it's also the first time I saw that they have a, a age limit. I I feel like they have done that recently. We've had guys on the show that are like in their forties. Well, I guess whenever they do heavyweights, they can't really do they can't <laughs> they can't limit the age because everybody needs to be <laughs> heavyweights are a little older. 
Yeah, they just they tend to get to this later because they you know, sometimes they're coming from another sport, football, what have you, right? And just a little older when they start. Um, yeah, I, I'm not interested in tough, but that's that. Was, I just thought that was interesting that mm. not, they didn't specify a weight class. So we'll see what happens out of that. Um, right before we get into contested rounds, we we've lately we've been trying to do this uh, more so. We'll highlight the uh, the number of unanimous rounds that the judges had, and in this case, 27 rounds scored. Over in Orlando the other day, twenty-two of them were unanimous. Two of these were eight-nine splits. So the uh, the percentage of unanimity was eighty-one point four percent. Another really good day from the judges. Good day, good day from the Florida they judges. Been, they have been over eighty percent. I think the last like four events that we've looked into, counting uh, Bellator and PFL. Yeah, it's solid. Really, really consistent work. I can't remember the last time everybody was up in arms about a about a round or a fight or anything. It's been it's been while. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's a really good thing. That is a great thing, <laughs> except people aren't as you know keen on finding the judging show that's going to complain about the judging or talk about the judging. Yeah, unless there's some wild scoring. Or what if I told the listeners to tell everybody that one of us is going to be murdered on the show? Oh shoot! <laughs> Spread the word. Solve the mystery. Speaking of murder mysteries, if you haven't seen Glass Onion, you should go see it. Oh my goodness, I have to. So, I was gonna watch it last week mm-hmm. with uh, with my wife, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that it wasn't on Netflix at all yet. Me neither. I did not so... realize that either. <laughs> you did the same thing I yep. did. Yeah, we we go to Netflix. We're about I'm looking for it. I'm like, where is it? It's not there. <laughs> like, oh, it's probably only in theaters. Yeah, only in theaters for a month. Yeah, that's all right. No, I, I I respect the game. I like it. That's good. But uh, yeah, it was just we had to alter plans. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did. I did get to show my wife the Batman though. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman was good. She's she's mad on Batman, but she likes uh, you know, she she liked Twilight. Okay. So I think she was curious about how Robert Pattinson was. Mm. The way I see it, I've watched more Robert Pattinson in Twilight than she's watched Robert Pattinson in Batman. So okay. she still owes me. <laughs> Got another one coming. She owes me soon, significant right? time. It was like. It's like 11 hours of those movies. Get out of here. So, yeah, she's got like three or four more Robert Pattinson Batman okay. movies she's got she to gotta watch from me. <laughs> Let's get to contested rounds, though. Um, and I want to start with with uh, the two 10-8 splits, 8-9 splits, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was a, there was a split decision, but I don't think it was one of the crazy ones, and, and it was kind of, you know, it just kind of happened and then moved on. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start with the main event. Wonderboy Thompson beat Kevin Holland, of course. Round four after the fight or after the round corner stoppage. So we had a round scored and this is the round we're going to be talking about round four. And it's for multiple reasons. We're going to be talking about it from the, from the scoring standpoint, but also we can get into the, uh, well, I guess we call it adventures in refereeing. Sure. Yeah. Why don't we start? We'll, we'll isolate the conversation There's to, another to thing. the scoring. Yeah. This round. What do you want to say? There's another uh, adventure as well in this round. No, a different fight. Oh, okay. But okay. In, in, with Dan. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We can, we can get to that as well. Um, one thing at a time, sir. Yeah, sorry. One thing at a time. My bad. Let's go. To, let's go. Focus on the scoring first, and then we'll get to the refereeing thing. So, what what happens in round four here? Yeah, uh, I think Thompson. Uh, he really beats the crap out of Holland in this round. Very good notes. Uh, he landed <laughs> landed very heavy shots, especially kicks to the body, forcing Holland, who, as we mentioned, refused to grapple early, diving on double legs, and he was just eating head kicks, punches, not returning. He was hurt twice to the body with kicks. I think we got damage dominance in duration. I think we got a 10-8 here. I mean, I thought 
I almost thought he was like somehow fighting through like a liver kick. It, I mean, it, I don't think that's really what happened because my understanding is scientifically you just don't fight through liver kicks. Like your body actually shuts you, down. Yeah. But I mean, they were brutal kicks they to were, the body right in the heavy, vicinity of the liver. Not even blocked at all. Nothing, nothing slowing him down. I thought this was a super 10 8. This was hard. This was. Yes, a crazy 10-8. It was a really good 10-8. Uh, to the point where it's actually surprising to me uh, that we would actually even be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the two judges who had the 10-8, just as you and I do, were Judges Eric Colon and Chris Lee. It was Derek Cleary who went the other way. And we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute, too. We'll, we'll get to kind of the, the, the fact that Derek Cleary is the, uh, the out judge on this 8-9 split in the next fight as well. But I feel like, and I'm not trying to be critical of Derek Cleary here, but it just seems like everything goes back to the, it, it, it's all Blahovich and, and Adesanya. Mm. It, everything goes back to it, because this was a round that I don't think a judge like Derek Cleary is going to give a 10-8 a year and a half ago. No? Or I do. I, I said that wrong. I think he's definitely going to give a 10-8. Okay. A year and a half ago. I think it's academic. I think it's very easy to give the 10 8 now. But now the compass is all screwed up. Yeah. That's everywhere. Everyone. It kind of throws but it the, off the whole but thing. But it throws off, in particular, the judges who actually do work in Vegas a lot. Mm-hmm. Derek Cleary being yeah. one of them. So, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily trying, not that. Not that Derek Cleary needs my absolution, but I'm not trying to absolve. I'm just kind of like explaining. Like, this, I feel like this is where it comes back to. And it's obnoxious because I don't think the judges want. To be off the, I mean, they certainly want to be on the same page, right? Yeah, but I, they, they say that, you know, 10-8 versus 10-9 is, is harder than picking a winner. I agree. So? I think it absolutely, I mean, I've never sat and done it live, but I would feel like that is harder because mm-hmm. it's much easier for you to say, okay, I think this guy won. I mean, it's close rounds and all, but when do you pull that trigger, right? Because right. most of the time, your brain is just trying to figure out who won because 95 to 97% of the time... It's only going to end up being a, a 10-9 round right. anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's a very frustrating thing. It doesn't matter. I mean, we get the right winner here, and no matter what happens in this round, Stephen Thompson was going to be up to the point of, I mean, he, he was on all three cards through four rounds. It was 39-37 or 39-36. Yeah, and, and the, the corner stopped it anyway. So. Right. But even if he didn't, it's not like it would come down to Kevin Holland would need a 10-8 minimum to make this a, you know, a, actually he wouldn't need it a 10-7 yeah. because two judges gave the 10 So yeah. it's it's unrealistic to think that this had any impact on the way right. the fight would have went down. But nonetheless, this is what we do, right? We talk yeah. about this stuff. So. I, yeah, I just... judge nerds. I think that, I think there were heavy damage and dominance for sure. And it was most of the round he was beating him. So. I think especially in the late, later in the round yeah, is where I think half. it got even harder. It was just like, not harder to, to make the call on, but it was... Just heavier damage on him. You could mm-hmm. just tell, like, man, he's he's in a bad way here. Yeah, one of the telling signs was this guy who wanted nothing to do with grappling is now diving. He did finally, yeah, on he, double legs. This was the one round where he was like, all right, maybe maybe we could try the grappling yeah. thing again, but it didn't work out. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, yeah, I, I feel really good about this being a ten eight. This is this is, I think, a very strong ten eight personally. But we almost, I, I say almost loosely here because I don't think it was that. It really shouldn't have happened, right? We almost didn't get to the end of this round because of a weird, <laughs> I guess, all right, Dan Mergliata, the referee of this fight, waves it off as it looks like Kevin Holland is like doubled over in pain. We weren't sure, we were like us watching live and we were trying to figure out like, was he 
was he hurt from like that kick from before? Mm-hmm. Did he suffer another thing? What's going on? So, you know, they, they break it up. Dan breaks it up and he just starts waving his, his arms over his head a little bit as if to say the fight is over. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 go to your corner. It's just a yeah. low blow. And, and look, I'm going to say this right away. The right result came out of this. Yeah, It would have been really bad if waving off the fight stayed because that was goofy. I think I think it was just a, a miss, miss signal. Sure. Like, how, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to do that. Type I, thing. I mean, 100% yeah. agree, but man, you're on the assignment for the main event here. I mean, this is, for an experienced referee like Dan Mergliata, who, by the way, was having the time of his life in there. <laughs> oh, my God. He, you never saw a referee have more fun mm-hmm. than Tan Dan was. In the main event of this fight, but he got the big assignment. I mean, you, you kind of when you're refereeing alongside some of these excellent referees like like uh, Keith Peterson, mm-hmm. Mark Goddard, guys who were working this event, flown in from to Florida for it. I, you know, it just stands out a little more because I this is the type of thing I do not expect to see from you know the Keith Petersons and the Mark Goddards. But I'm not as surprised, I guess, that it happened from Dan Margliata. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm there's just... some weird things that happen sometimes with Dan. Just... Is all I'm really saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's an unfortunate happening. Yeah, there was the other one I was talking about was he the Darren Elkins fight. Yeah. He has the referee check the cut while they were on the ground, and then the fight restarts on the feet. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. that was that was another bad one. But once he did it wrong, it's like, what can you do? You yeah, can't just you can't stop say, it and yeah. be like, oh no, you got to go down. Yeah. That was a mistake. I feel like that's probably a more forgivable mistake. It's still not one that you should be making. I think. But like we're talking about two mistakes from the same referee on this card, but so not a great night from Tandan anyway. Well, so the waving off thing was kind of weird. It's kind of different because like, he calls time. Wonder Boy backs off. Sure. It's like so he's assessing like it was a foul, and then he's like, and that's fine. Yeah. Then he's it, like this waving like, his wh- arms. Why wave the head. arms? Why wave and the I, arms? I think he. I think he was just he made a mistake. Like oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. My body just did it. I didn't did not mean to do. No, that. No, I understand, but but it's just. Eh. You know, they, everybody responds to these signals like they have the signals that they're doing them. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not like we, we went through referee training. It's not like everybody said, mm-hmm. OK, when you're going to call it off, you're going to wave your hands above your head. Right. Yeah. So it's not like it's it, it's not ingrained, written like it's not law. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more like, I guess, informal protocol that we typically expect. But again, we typically expect it. It's just I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, just weird. It was just a weird happening. But but again, I you know you don't you don't want to you don't really want to see it, so yeah, it is what it is. Again, we got the right result ultimately, mm-hmm. so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Let's talk about you talked about Darren Elkins, by the way. The other ten eight nine split that we're talking about is in the Darren Elkins fight, mm-hmm. and he's the one taking the damage. One would expect yeah. he's the nickname the damage. Round two <laughs> is when Jonathan Pierce, who won by unanimous decision, it was all. All his rounds, just this round in particular, was split on the 8-9. So that's why we have two 30-27s and a 30-26. So what's happening in round two that we're talking about? This is maybe a 10-8. just want to point out real quick, that tattoo is such a creative fighter tattoo. It kind of is. Just slap it right on It is, yeah. (laughs) The damage. But at the same time. In Comic Sans. But but at the same time, nobody on Earth has that tattoo. Oh, yeah. Okay. No one has that tattoo. It is. It feels like you got it from a video game, but also he's the only person on planet Earth who has that tattoo. Uh, maybe there's a Darren Elkins super fan out there that might get one. I, I hope I hope their health is better. <laughs> anyway, what's what happens in round two, man? Uh 
starts on the feet. Elkins is landing some heavy shots on the feet. I think it's a competitive. Uh, he's possibly ahead in the first two minutes. I, I think it is a very competitive first two minutes. And then Pierce lands a hard low kick, and that kind of changes everything around the 2.30 mark. Uh, hits the ground, and Pierce starts landing some solid ground and pound. Elkins, uh, I don't really see him ever hurt. He, he, he continues to fight. Uh, I don't really see damage, and I don't really see duration. Uh, at least duration not very strongly. I think there is solid damage, decent damage, but not enough damage alone to get me there in this case. So I'm just on a 10-9. You know, that's fair. I was very, very borderline on this one, but I did go for the 8, mm-hmm. mostly because I thought the damage was there, and I, you know, we're looking for damage, mm-hmm. typically, as the chief mm-hmm. you know, indicator when we're talking about 8s, so... I guess maybe it's just part of me that's just pushing for more. <laughs> I, I will I will readily admit that. So I was on the same page as again Derek Cleary. So I brought this up before. Derek Cleary, he gave he gave the nine in the last fight. This fight we're talking about happened on the prelims much earlier in the night. Mm-hmm. And he was the only eight. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eric Cologne gave a nine here and he gave the eight in the other fight. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was fascinating. The, the other judge uh on this one who gave the nine with Cologne was Daniel Torres, local judge. Right. Um yeah, I don't have a problem with it being the nine here. I just think it's funny that we have this as an eight, and then later on in the night we have a nine from the same judge on a round that we feel was a very strong tenant. And again, that's kind of where it goes back to what I was talking about before. With it, it just feels like the compass is all screwed up, right? Yeah. Because probably if I'm if I'm putting myself in in the shoes of Derek Cleary, if I can, and I'm not Derek Cleary, he may feel differently. But if I if I was to endeavor to try to do that. I would think he maybe looked at this round and said, ah, you know, maybe this wasn't the round to pull it, you know, and maybe maybe he's evaluating it. Maybe he felt fine with it, maybe not. But it's possible that that was the reason he didn't necessarily pull the eight later is maybe he yeah. thought, okay, maybe I'm just overreacting a little too much, try to pull back the compass. But that's what I mean, that the North Stars kind of all messed up. I think they had it. They had a good thing going for, for a couple of years. And then it got pulled back. So now we're almost two years removed from this this fight that we keep referencing. So it's been a long time since that happened. But nonetheless, it's just like, how do you get on the same page? Especially when you have language that supports you giving it one way. But then you have supposedly officials, uh, regulators who are encouraging you not to do it by the letter of the law, but do it uh, a different way. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Dana. <laughs> Freaking Dana. Definitely blame Dana above all else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I have this one as an eight, but but again, I'm probably I'm probably pushing it a little too far too. So I will admit this is this is definitely a much more borderline eight here. So no agreement, no couch that override, none of that. Let's move on to the split decision of the night. That was Clay Guida got the win over Scott Holtzman in a retirement fight, not for Clay Guida, who everyone would assume would be the one who's retiring from this, but from Scott Holtzman. Uh, 29-28s all around, two of them, of course, going to Guida. Round two is our split. What happens in this round? High-paced round. It's pretty close. Both guys are willing to throw hands. Did but... you say a high-paced round from Clay Guida? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> what a shocker. I'm I'm stunned. <laughs> uh, both guys willing to throw hands, but it's clear Guida, he's using it to set up the wrestling. Uh, he's getting some Another nice... stutter. <laughs> <laughs> nice reactions on his punches and kicks. He gets a big, impactful double leg, uh, lift him up, slam him down. Holtzman does land some good strikes of his own. Just doesn't seem to be affecting Guida as much as Guida, uh, as much as Guida's lands on Holtzman. A couple strikes lead to Holtzman being, you know, stuck in a grappling situation, and Clay lands some knees to the legs. Maybe a little higher degree than a storley le- uh, storley knee. Uh, I think it's close, and Holtzman did have some good offense. He opened up a cut with an elbow. 
but on the whole, I like it for Guida ten nine. Yeah, I was I was very torn here. I I think Holtzman has a good case, but I did go the other way for Guida for basically the same reasons you did. So just it's just one of these tough close fights mm-hmm. that no one really was able to take thoroughly enough, and and we have a split decision. I don't think anybody was that up in arms about it. I think there mm-hmm. you know you start to see social media. There's like the oh I guess they favored the control, but like they're just talking. People just talk. Um. Yeah, so we were on the same page as, as the majority judges here, being Eric Colon and local judge Michael Tate. It was Dave Torelli, who is local for us, being an, uh, a North Jersey guy, but he had the fight for Holtzman. And again, makes sense to me. It just, we went the other way. And that's fine. Sure. Holtzman, unfortunately, does not get the win on his way out the door. Clay Guida lives to fight several more days. And by default, Jim Miller gets a win. What? Over, yeah. It changes his loss to Holtzman to a win. What are you talking about? Because Clay beat Holtzman and Jim beat Clay. So MMA math. What sort of weird a ass win. MMA math is this? Add a win to Jim's record. <laughs> you, sir. You are something else. Yes. Michael Johnson. He got the win over Mark Jacquesi. Big underdog, by the way. Um, he was not expected to win this fight. 29-28 twice and a 30-27. We only have a split in round one. Didn't affect the uh, ultimate decision in the fight here but it was round one you know i mean it sets the pace mm-hmm. so what is happening in round one really i think the difference in this round is jacasey's kicks uh, he's landing good to the body and the legs uh some of his punches are getting through but it's it's really mostly kicks especially the front kick to the body i don't see johnson landing all that much i see him hit the arms a couple times but really that's not effective i'll say uh jacasey has some erratic movements when defending uh, that appeared to be bad visuals, but I really don't think he's getting all that much. Again, hit, getting hit all that much. I like it, Jacasey ten nine. I like Jacasey here too. Not, I don't feel super strong, but yeah, I mean, I I think it probably is the better score. Mm. But yeah, to go the other way, I don't think is nuts. I had it as you did, like we said. We also saw it the same way as Chris Lee and Sal D'Amato. It was local Florida judge Troy Winkapaw. Who's worked many a UFC? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this one for Johnson, so didn't go that way. The whole fight went Johnson's way. Everyone agreed. Mm-hmm. The rest of the way doesn't matter that too much. And then uh, the last fight we have here, and this was the first of the fights on the card that had a contested round from it. Mm-hmm. Natan Levy got the win over Gennaro Valdez, twenty nine twenty eight twice, and a thirty twenty seven. It was round two in this case where the judges were split. So what is happening in round two? Uh, so really in this round, Valdez's offense is kind of, is really sporadic. Uh, but in these sporadic spurts of offense, he's landing some heavy shots. Using some big words over there. But I I do think it's the most effective offense of the, of this round. Levy does land some kicks throughout. Uh, he does get the takedown, keeps it there. But is he doing anything with it? I I don't really think so. Uh, he does land a head kick. Towards the end, but I, I think it was mostly glove, uh, more so than anything. I didn't, I didn't see really too too much of a reaction there from Valdez. I think it's a decently close round, but I think Valdez was the most effective and immediately impactful fighter. 10-9 Valdez. Yeah, I agree. Good, good, well assessed, my friend. I, I'm, I'm with you for the same reasons. With uh, Eric Colon and, again, Judge Winkapaw as well. It was Chris Lee who was on his own, gave this one for Levy. Chris Lee, the traveling judge, a Florida guy, so... This did, was this was a home home game for him. Did you see when the doctor came in to look at his uh, Valdez's foot? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're like, yeah. Let me. You know, your foot looks crazy. Let me start prodding at it. Mm-hmm. Does that hurt? Well, let me just keep pushing your your leg. Well, unfortunately, there was no stick around to poke it with, so <laughs> this that's what you got to do. Yeah. Does that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you like how how really really mad 
the commentary yeah, team got that's about what, that's it. Why, that's what made me bring it up. Super, <laughs> super mad. They're like, leave his foot alone. Who said? I think it was Bisping now. Bisping was, like, was really. Check it out in five minutes. <laughs> Relax. What are you going to do? I mean, the doctor's <laughs> got to look and make sure they can walk. I mean, it's. I don't think that's yeah. too crazy to at least check it, but they, they let the fight go. What do you want? Yeah. That would have been something if the fight stopped. Cause I want the fight doctor it. to not look at anything, <laughs> says the guy who faked his way through the latter half of his career because he only had one eye. That's amazing. <laughs> look, if anybody wants the doctors to not take a closer look, it's Michael Bisping. How about, what's it was Rocky, or was it Creed 1 where Rocky's tapping him four times to tell him how many fingers they're holding up? goodness i can't remember well, like that can't be real uh, maybe in the 80s i don't know this or in the old days yeah remember remember way back in the day when the the guy from england became the champion when he had one eyeball <laughs> a long time ago off a knockout <laughs> that now was that was not bisping ludicrous that was nuts that was ludicrous uh but that is the end of our contested rounds portion we got to get to the finishes here because we had a ton of them six well i guess it was seven on the main card right because they had a set was it a seven fight main card yeah right yeah yeah this was i don't know how that happened <laughs> i don't know where they got the say it's almost like the the fights ran too long so they're like eh, let's squeeze them all in or just whatever <laughs> just, put, just move it forward You're, you get to be on the prelims now or on the, on the main card now um uh, yeah so we were seven for seven on the on the main card and finishes eight total seven by TKO or KO one by sub and only one fight ended in the first round. What was your favorite? Uh, we already talked about this Roman Delize with yeah. the calf slicer and pounding out Jack Hermanson. It's just something we're probably not going to see for a very long time. If ever. No, we're going to see so. it every week now because <laughs> all the people just went to the gym and started trying it out. Right. <laughs> yeah, pro- Obviously. Yeah. Pro- probably not. <laughs> what about you? Sergey Pavlovich. Yes. I mean, Anytime you're going to win by knockout in under a minute, 54 seconds to be exact, bashing the face in of Tai Tuivasa, who just, I mean, one minute he looked fine. The next minute he looked like uh, like the losing Street Fighter character. Oh, my God. 54 seconds and your face is just a total mess. And, I mean, this is this is basically just echoing what they said on the broadcast, but, like, the the technical, the patience of, of these punches, it wasn't, he wasn't all wild and everything. Pavlovich was patient. Ty wasn't. No, no. Well, that's that's not how Ty fights. <laughs> Do you think Kevin Holland would would take up the same strategy against Ty Tuivasa that he did against Stephen Thompson? I would hope he would avoid being punched <laughs> by Ty Tuivasa. That would that would be my hope for Kevin Holland's yeah. you know sake. Yeah. Uh, and and for the sake of his family, who would suffer in uh, in watching their their dear friend and family member get uh, get the space beast in. But mm-hmm. yeah, Sergey Pavlovich though, scary. This dude is, was... is going to be. A, a, a real problem at heavyweight and if he's doing what the heavyweights are supposed to do which and is win quick. in a first round <laughs> i mean you're already moving up my ladder of heavyweights who i'm willing to be happy to watch okay mm-hmm. but i've always felt better about the guys in the upper levels of the division mm-hmm. it's a, the the skill level is better you're more likely to get good fights except when you know Derek lewis and francis and a fight <laughs> no one saw that coming nobody saw that coming and i don't think a rematch would go that way we may never get it and that's fine that is it from UFC Orlando. We can look ahead to, it's not just UFC this weekend. There is a Bellator card. And it's, a, it's a decent Bellator main card here, my friend. It is. It, the, the Grand Prix resumes, the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Now that we finished up completely the Light Heavyweight Grand Prix. Yes. And we are getting ready to start the Lightweight Grand Prix at some point next year, presumably. Um, but this is a big fight here. Ralphion Stotts, Danny Sabatello. There's a lot before, of heat be- between these guys. Before we get into it. Oh, okay. What do you got? I'll be there. 
What do you mean you'll be there? I You're will, going in this car? I will be there in Connecticut. Did you already buy your tickets? I got a free ticket. Oh. Uh, I was only able to get one free ticket. Okay. So I will be going there. I will not be staying at the Mohegan Sun, though, because it was too expensive. Oh. But I'll be there. I probably won't get there till later because it's three hours to get there. Okay. I don't get to work in time, but I'll be there for the main card. Oh, good for you. Minimum. I will not be there for that. You should come anyway. No, I'm working. And then I got a wedding the next day, actually. And cover it. No, because they need me uh, on the desk shift, and then I'm working the next day. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's right. or not working the next day. I said I'm going to a wedding, wedding the next day. Yeah, wedding. yeah, but but no. I mean, let's let's talk about the fights here. I mean, Rafael Stas, Danny Sabato. It's a good fight. Let's it's go. also for the interim uh, title here. Yes, because I don't know when we're going to see Sergio Pettis again, but he's the he's still the champion. So for all intents and purposes, Rafael Stas is kind of the defending fighting. What's his champion injury? Here. Oh gosh, I forget what he blew out. It, it was it was a bad one. Okay, he so was out. He was out of this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't do the the Yuri Prohaska thing and give up the belt. He said, "I'm going right. to hang on to it." <laughs> Is what it is. Everybody does their own thing. Um, the other title fight, though, this one, I, I don't know that this is an anticipated fight in the mm-hmm. sense, but it's a fight that really needed to happen because when Liz Carmouche got the win and thus the championship by beating Juliana Velasquez, you remember that was when the fight, and I think a right. lot of us feel, probably was stopped prematurely. Possibly, yeah. Did good. So sure looked that way. Um, kind of a, an early-ish stoppage from... Uh, Mike Beltran, who, by the way, Mike Beltran's going through uh, um, some some health stuff right now. He's he's home. He's recovering. But, uh, you know, I, I want to I just want to make sure because we haven't done this on the show yet. I want to wish uh, Mike Beltran mm-hmm. well uh, in his recovery. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but obviously he will not be working this event. Uh, he's he's got other things on uh, on his plate. But this fight, yeah, it's not it's not the most anticipated fight, but I'm curious to see how Velasquez responds after a fight that I I felt like she was probably on her way to to winning, even if she was going to lose the round in which she did have the fight stopped in. So I'm curious about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what what happens here. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the rematch. other the other Grand Prix matchup, the Bantamweight Grand Prix in the semifinals is Patchy Mix going against Magomed Magomedov. Mm-hmm. Hard to bet against a guy who has one Magomed in their name, but when you have two, that's that gets that's double trouble. But it's tough to go against a guy named Patchy. I mean, yeah, Patches because Patchy's man. pretty good. Oh, pa- well, the Patchy and Patches are not the same name, sir. I mean, they're close. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a punch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's is that what we're going for here? <laughs> that's what we're going for. Yeah, I you like these fights though. I mean, uh, I, yeah, at least I the do. there was a, there's a prelim fight I'm excited for with um with uh Pat uh forget his name Militich Pat Downey um he's a wrestler mm-hmm. um up so and not coming, but he's like a big time college wrestler making his like. Second uh, MMA fight, but he's he's, he's the name is familiar. The prelims, so the name is familiar too. I I'm more interested. I'm, I'm always interested in when Kai Kamaka is on a card. I feel like he's someone that the UFC never should have let go because I think he's fun and brings it yeah. every time. I'm and hoping he's, I'm he's there the in time they for want. that fight. But oh yeah, because you'll so have to. You're gonna, really I'm sure you're working that day, right? You got. I'm working, you and it's three hour drive. So yeah, yeah, for sure. You just going by yourself? Yeah. Okay. I got the ticket like an hour and a half ago. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. This was. I was like, gonna say. I yeah. didn't know about this. You were breaking yeah. news to me. Yeah. Interesting. No good for you. So. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I mentioned it by the way, but uh, the Carmouche uh, Velasquez fight that is for the flyweight title. Just okay. just so that's clear. Um, this being at Mohegan Sun, like we mentioned, there will be the typical judges that we see brought in by the Mohegan Commission, run by Mike Mazzuli, head of the ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, top judges. I imagine it's going to be solid yeah. judging here. 
Uh, probably some, you know, kind of the local guys that we often see, but some of the top guys too. I'm guessing Eric Cologne will be there. I'm guessing Dave Torelli will be there. I'm guessing Doug Crosby will be there. I think so. I'm guessing guys like Dave Peabody and uh, Michael Murtha that we end up seeing there often. Maybe we'll see somebody do a double duty kind of thing where they work this one and they'll fly out to Vegas the next day for UFC. I don't know. Possibly. We've seen it. It may happen again. Um, but this is I like this main card quite a bit. It's a really good, solid main card for Bellator, and I'm glad to see that they put together this, this solid one here. Yeah, I'm ready for it. The next day, though, and again, I'm, I'm at a wedding, so I'll probably be missing a good chunk of this. Hopefully, I'll find somewhere that's playing it later that night <laughs> to watch, maybe a bar or something. Um, I'll find a way to watch anyway. But it, yeah, we, we unfortunately lost the title fight that was to take place here. Like I mentioned, Yuri Prohaska mm-hmm. had to give up the belt, suffered a d- devastating shoulder injury, did what I think a lot of people probably consider the right thing, allowed the division to go forward. That was his intent anyway, stated mm-hmm. intent. Um, gave up the belt, allowed Jan Blahovich versus Magomed Ankalaev to move up on the card from a an eliminator fight to an actual title fight. Mm-hmm. And not just an interim, but a, an actual fighting for the vacant title here. Right. I think it's unfortunate that it leaves Glover Teixeira out in the cold. I think of all of them, he's the one who's most deserving to fight for the title, but it is what it is. Um, it's a good fight, though. As far as kind of secondary title fights are concerned in the sense that we're not getting like the two best guys. Yeah, I think it's still I think it's still fight. a pretty good one. It's a very credible fight here. Potentially set up a Jan Glover rematch. It could. It could. And I know, you know I talked to uh, Jan Blahovich last week actually. And yeah, I mean it sounds like, you know, if he and he's not trying to get too far ahead, but yeah, if he wins mm-hmm. the if he wins the belt here, yeah, he probably would want to get back in there before Yuri is ready. Presumably yeah. it's going to take Yuri at least a year or so, they're saying, before he's ready to come back. So we're talking mm-hmm. about fall at that point. Right. You know, I don't think anybody wants the belt to be on the shelf that long, least of all the UFC. So one would think, yeah, Blahovich versus, uh, or, or Uncle Iov, either one of them is probably going to fight Glover Tashira next, I would have to think, unless they skip him over for some reason. Who knows? Maybe they won't <laughs> be happy about him not taking whatever fight because he wanted more time. Well, you never, yeah, you never knows? know with the UFC. Yeah, maybe Jamal Hill can, can look at Jamal Hill's great, so. but but I just <laughs> I I don't I I think Glover really ought to get the shot. Yeah. I think it's fair. I think that'd be okay. Um. So yeah, this is this is our only title fight here. The main the the co-main is uh, probably kind of a surprising decision for for a lot of people, but in some, in a lot of ways it makes sense. Patty Pimlet moved up to the co-main spot in with his fight against Jared Gordon. That bumped. Uh... Lawler and Ponzinibbio? Wasn't that the... It, it leapfrogged, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it moved it up the card. All right. For whatever reason, that was I, probably just the star power of Patty Pimlet. I mean, let's face it, Patty Pimlet actually has a bigger name today than Robbie Lawler does. That's just what it is. That's true. I would rather watch Robbie Lawler fight from maybe a few years ago, but also Robbie Lawler's just not... He's not the same fighter he used to be, you know? That's what happens when you've been in as many fights as Robbie Lawler has. Yeah, almost almost you know? 50. No, almost it's... 40. Almost 50, no, 55, 45 fights. He'll be 94 this year. Looks great for now. Yeah, he, he looks fantastic, I must say, for for that. But no, no I'm, I'm interested in these fights. I, I want to see how Patty does against Jared Gordon, because I think Jared Gordon's a pretty solid test at this point mm-hmm. at lightweight. Um, we'll see what happens there. Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, like you mentioned, that's mm-hmm. on the card. I like that one. Uh, I, re- I think a lot of people really like Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tapuria. Someone's O's got to go. That was going to be uh, a fight night main event 
a few weeks back, right? Or maybe a month or two back. Yeah, even. yeah, yeah. Um, they got they moved for whatever reason. I think it was an injury, so it ended up on this card. So it's, that's another one that's almost like, oh, maybe that could have been the the co-main. Right. It just wasn't. This is the card opener here, and I like that too. <laughs> uh, and then Darren Till against uh, Drikus Duplessis. You mentioned that one, right? Yeah, I was more more interested in Duplessis. Um, Me too. I, Darren Till. People love Darren Till. There's just not a lot of Darren Till fights that like super deliver <laughs> at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people forget that because he can be an interesting personality. So that's where I feel people lean into more to the the pro wrestling side of MMA than the actual like mm-hmm. competition side of it. Um, we'll see though. I mean, th- look, Darren Till is a solid fighter. I'm not trying to down look down on that. And Duplessis is a really good test for him. So we'll we'll see what comes out of that. I like on the um, the prelims though, Cr- uh, Chris Curtis and Joaquin Butler. Like, Chris Curtis ended up cornering mm-hmm. Roman Dulidze here, one of his uh, teammates, against the guy who beat him over the summer. <laughs> Definitely had like a sour grapes feel to it, but I think it was not necessarily done specifically for that. That was just like the byproduct. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's going against Joaquin Buckley. That's, that's a nice fight. And Billy Quarantillo going against Alexander Hernandez. I like that one too. Yeah. and uh, Billy I, Q's always fun. I wasn't going to put it on, but I got it. Got another Dawkins fighting. Dawkins Rosenstruck. Yes, Chris Dawkins is fighting against uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Yep. And you know what? Might as well point this out. We might get a uh, Von Prue also. Yes. Because Ovin St. Prue is on the card. Yeah. Who's he fighting? He's fighting Antonio uh, Tuchilli. I think that's how you say it. Tuchilli? Tuchilli. Is that what you're saying? T-R-O-C-O-L-I. Okay. I don't think he's Tricoli? Tricoli, maybe, yeah. I don't think he's ever fought in the UFC before. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the so name. He was a contender series, no contest. You do feel like that those are the type of fights that sent... Uh, again, I don't know anything about the fighter in particular, but it almost feels like, well, if he's going to get the uh, the Von Prue choke again, <laughs> and I know what I'm saying when I say Von Prue, mm-hmm. um, probably against somebody like that, right? Yeah. Well, Unless like, he yeah. comes in and he's like an uber grappler, then that's probably not going to happen. Looks like it was a late replacement. He was supposed to fight Felipe Linz originally. Oh, okay. OSP. For, former PFL champion, Felipe so. Linz. That fell through. These things happen in MMA. <laughs> do you, do you like this card? Do you like the pay per view? Do you think it's worth your money at seventy five dollars? Yeah, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna pay for it anyway. So I'm gonna sure. tell myself it's worth it. Okay, so yeah, just you might as well. Yep, talk yourself into yeah. it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, like I said, I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna end up having to buy it or not. Hopefully, I'll find a bar and just watch it there. We'll see. Nice. I think the wedding will be over by then, so it's it's more just whatever. Just, just... I'm, I I have to do whatever my wife tells me to do because it's her it's her cousin's wedding. So if there's something after that they're going to and is not playing the fight, then I'm missing out. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe the bride's a fight fan. I have it on at the way. I don't think she is. Okay. I've met her. She she likes basketball. We get along on okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've met her before. She's very nice. Um, and, uh, and her cousin's gone too. I was riding on his shoulders at my own wedding because he is like six foot six. Nice. Super tall man. <laughs> I am not. For those who have not met me, I'm 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 like six foot three, so I'm not that tall. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? That's funny. All right, I'm five eight. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. That's not a lie. I'm not lying about my my height. Five eight is exactly what I am. Were you like? Well, this is what it's like to play center in the NBA when you were up there. No, because I've been on a ladder before. Oh okay. Yeah, like I've actually experienced elevation. Okay. I've been at the, like the top of a staircase and looked down. There's a lot of oh. ways in which I, I know what it feels like to be elevated from other ground. Oh, okay. Pretty crazy how this can happen. That's wild. Yeah. All right, that does it for this episode. We'll be back again on Monday, breaking down uh, 
all the contested rounds. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we'll definitely do UFC. I imagine we'll do, at the very least, the Bellator uh, main card as well. Could be a busy one. We'll see. Could be busy, but the judging has been fantastic, oh, so it might not be. Fingers crossed. I mean, maybe they're due. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe the judges are just going to go terrible all weekend. It's gonna yeah. be, everyone's just going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, we'll see. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.